today uh, we're going to get into the word um, and we're going to be beginning uh, a, a little theme for the month of January and uh, February. Um, and this theme, um, it's one, it's really similar to one that we've done before, um, but we felt as teachers that it was really important to kick the year off uh, with this theme. Um, and so this theme here is identity in Christ. Um, as I mentioned, it might sound similar to something we've done in the past. Um, but the reason we're doing this again is because if you have confidence in who you are um, and you believe like who you are, uh, then you will behave accordingly. Um, let me repeat that. If you believe something about yourself, you tend to behave accordingly. It's really hard to behave in a way that is inconsistent with what you believe, right? An example of this is, right, like, if you feel like you're that guy or that girl, right, and you, like, walk into a room, then, like, you, I'm saying, you're going to walk into that room like you're that guy. Like, nobody's going to talk to you some type of way. And if they do, I don't know, man, there might be a problem there, right? And so if you, right, and that goes both ways. Like, what you believe yourself good, right, it affects how you walk in different spaces, but it could also affect you negatively, right? So if you, um, you're a student, right? Most all of y'all are students here. If you don't believe like you're able to learn, if your exams haven't been going well, if you have subjects that like don't make sense and you've convinced yourself you can't learn, you're not gonna be able to pick it up, then you're gonna like walk into spaces um, and you're probably not gonna do well on exams, right? You're probably not even gonna improve on your exams because you believe that you can't do it, right? And so the reality is that it's not that you're not capable, right? It's not that you don't have the capacity or the brain capacity to like learn stuff. It's that you've told yourself and so you don't even try. And as a result, you end up like failing, right? So what you believe about yourself is incredibly important in how you behave. So that's why as we start the year, um, we wanted to make sure that you guys um, have this reminder as well as this teaching on your identity because it'll transform how y'all decide to navigate uh, this year moving forward. So uh, question time. Um, have y'all ever had bland food, right? You just have food, oh yeah, yes, y'all quick with that. Y'all were quick with that. Uh, I need, uh, I'm gonna need one person to give me their experience. One person, one person, one person, one person. I'm gonna have you right there. Uh, let me get you a mic. Please give us your, uh, your name and then tell us about your experience with the bland food. Hi, my name is Trudy and I remember this one specific uh, time where it was like near Christmas and my sister wanted to make us fufu because she thought she could cook. Um, <laughs> she could not cook. She, she could not cook. The, she put the fufu in the plate. It looked normal, right? I, I, I tried to grab it and put it in the soup. It was hard. <laughs> the fufu was hard. <laughs> It was hard as a rock. I don't understand how she hard. did that. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like burnt. It was literally hard. I don't understand how yeah. she even did that. It was horrible. Oh man. Oh man. I'm so sorry about that. I'm so sorry about that. Man. All right. Let's have, let's have one more. One more. One more. You got us. So I wasn't the one eating the food, but it's something I've observed in my household. So somebody was once eating barrier with ketchup. <laughs> don't know the combination, but it was very bland. <laughs> Okay, and then here we go again with cereal and water. There's milk. There's milk in the fridge. Hey, 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 hey. Ah, yeah, bro, that's 
Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. She didn't say no names, though. She didn't say no names, though. All right, so we all know what bland food tastes like. We uh, often uh, know, like, sometimes it's missing something. Maybe it's, they added too much to it, right? But we all know what bland food uh, tastes like. Um, and so I'm going to ask one more question um, that you'll talk to your neighbor about really briefly here. And so um, have you ever experienced a power outage, right? Like you were home and then boom, no power. Um, I want you to talk really briefly to your neighbor about that. Okay, so this is like um, my first week in Ghana. Even the day we landed, the day we hey. literally landed, hey. we got in the hey. house. I was like, mm, this is nice. Mm. I'm scoping the scenery house. Mm, nice, nice, nice. Wow. Ah, I'm sitting there and everything just turns off. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, like it's going to only last for like 10 minutes. Da, 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 da. <sighs> Six hours later, still no, hey. no, no power, like nothing. And it traveled on to the next day. I said, I've never been in doom so for this long, guys. <laughs> No, it's a powerful one. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Ghana's power grid. Um, I heard it's better though. Hopefully. No. Oh, recent recent guests are saying it's not right. But I think we have all had this experience of bad food uh, where we don't know what's going on with the food, and we've also had experiences where the power goes out. There's no light. I don't know if you've ever like tried to navigate with no light. It's it's pretty it's it's pretty difficult. And for, for some of y'all, the thing that your parents really care about when the power goes out uh, for too long is the refrigerator. Because if your refrigerator isn't cold, then yeah, right there, bruh. All, all that meat that your parents got in them freezers down in the basement, yeah, gone. Gone, <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's going to be no good, <laughs> okay? Right? And so like, I remember when it snowed a couple years back, like, and uh, some power went out in my neighborhood. They, uh, I saw people starting to like, after a couple of days, they started taking uh, some of the stuff out of their freezer and put it in the snow because, like, the snow is colder than your freezer because there's no power. Your freezer is not working, right? And so we, we can see here that when the power goes out, uh, things go bad. And so, so today we are going uh, to learn about one of the foundational texts um, about our faith. Um, the context here is that we're going to be learning about uh, the second teaching in the Sermon of the Mounts right? The Sermon of the Mount is Jesus's longest teaching. Uh, it's where he uh, sits down for many hours, if not days, and he just teaches all of these people. And so this is the second one. Uh, the first one was about the Beatitudes, the ones that are like, blessed are you when you mourn, for you'll be comforted. Blessed are those who um, long for righteousness, for they will be filled. Sermon on the Mount. It's like on a mountain. Yeah, Sermon on the Mount. And so um, I'm going to have y'all flip your Bibles uh, to Matthew chapter 5. And so if y'all can please flip your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. And um, I'm going to have somebody read verses 3, uh, 3, 13, 13 through 16. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Eight. Okay, okay, okay. We got some speed racers here. All right. Matthew 5, 13 to 9, 16. 16. Salt and light. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Hmm. <laughs> it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Hmm. <laughs> Please, 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 please. Let's be serious. Let's be serious. Lock Neither in. Do, 
neither, <clears throat> neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. <laughs> Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, <clears throat> in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify. <coughs> you need some water? And glorify your father in heaven. Amen. Amen. Yeah, go get some water, man. <laughs> um, all right, everybody, focus, focus, focus. Um, yeah, so I was to mention, this is the second teaching in the, um, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and yeah, so I'm just going to read it one more time here. So it says, and this is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking to the people. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? If you no longer... Um, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's read that last verse. Uh, let's read that last verse together. Um, I'm going to just say it in pieces and you repeat after me. In the same way, let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. All right. Amen. Cool. So the, the main thing I'm going to want you guys to take from today is that the purpose of being salt and light is to advertise God. I'm going to repeat that. And this is helpful to write down. This is the main point of today. Um, the purpose of being salt and light is to advertise God. Yes. God, like he's the one who is being shut off. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay, it's okay. It's just semantics. Um, cool. So as Christians... Um, God desires for us to have a global impact for Christ, starting from where we are, right? So as believers, what God wants is that for his kingdom to come and for every single person um, to, we want the power of Christ to influence where we are globally, but it starts with where we like currently are right now. And what that means is that there are Christians everywhere in the world, and if they choose to live for Christ, they will influence everything around them. They will influence governments. They will influence schools. They will influence places of work. Like the way God's kingdom comes is by Christians living for Christ where they are placed. There are some that will be called to missions, and those people are to bring the kingdom of God to places that do not uh, have any access to God's word. But when they do get there, their goal is to essentially establish Christ there and have it influence the culture. Right, so regardless, the goal as Christians um, is to be salt and light um, to advertise God. Right, so today y'all talked a little bit about salt when we talked about the seasoning and the food or the lack thereof. Right, um, and for us, for the most part, when we think about salt, we just think about food um, or to melt snow and ice as it like snowed kind of recently. Right, but um, if you want to understand what Jesus meant by salt and light, uh, we have to think from the context of where he was and who he was talking to. And so Jesus um, 
was uh, he was talking to Jews back way back about over 2,000 years ago. And at that time, salt was precious. Repeat after me. Salt was precious. All right. So the reason salt was precious was for a couple of reasons. And I'm going to mention them just so you understand what was going through the minds of the people when they heard you are the salt of the world. So first is that salt was the preservative. Preservative. <laughs> um, keep stuff fresh, right? A preservative is used to keep things fresh, um, right? And where do we see preservatives show up? Yeah, food, right? It's to preserve the food to keep it fresh and from going bad, right? And does anybody know why food goes bad? Yeah, mold, right? Right. When food goes bad, it's because um, bacteria and other things get on that food and begin eating it, and it turns it into a consistency that's like not safe for humans, right? And what happens if you eat bad food? Yeah, you get sick. You can die. Has anybody ever here had food poisoning? Yeah, yeah, not a good time, right? Yeah, nah. Yeah, it'll mess you up. It'll mess you up quick. Right, and back in the day, like right now, and if it messes you up, we run you to the ER, we'll get you some IVs, like we'll take care of you, like you'll be all right. Uh, you know, like for the most part, people are not dying of food, um, food uh, illnesses right now. Um, but back in the day, bruh, back in the day, bruh, back in the day, if you ate bad food that was spoiled, it's a wrap. Like you're cooked, right? Like there is no coming back, um, right? And so, when, so back in the day, salt was a preservative for food because they didn't have refrigerators, right? And so they had to put a ton of salt all over their food to preserve it, especially like the raw meat. And so like salt was necessary to essentially save lives, right? And so even where Jesus was on the Sermon of the Mount, it was, over, it was, looking, it was a mountain that was overlooking the Sea of Galilee, right? And the, the town there was pretty famous for fishing, right? And so everybody there knew, like, yo, our livelihood depends on fishing, and the fish goes bad without the salt, and so salt is essential, right? And so they know this to be true. And so everybody, when he said you're the salt of the world, they weren't just thinking, like, seasoning for food, right? Which is part of it, but they were like, yo, no, this is the essential ingredient for life for, like, all of us. <laughs> if we don't have salt, things go bad, right? Can we flip our Bibles to Luke chapter uh, 30, uh, chapter 14? And, you know, keep your hand on the previous verse because we're coming back to it. But Luke chapter 14. Yeah, 14. Um, verses 35. Um, can somebody read that for us? 35 and 36. Yeah, 35 and uh, 14, 35. Oh, my bad. 34, 35. 34, 35. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Luke 14, verse 34, 35. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear it, let them hear. Amen. Amen. Um, but yeah, so this is, another, this is Jesus speaking again later. And he says a very similar thing, right? He says, um, yeah, how can the salt be made salty again if it loses its salt? And also, um, it's neither good for soil or uh, manure, so it's thrown out. And so this is kind of interesting, right? Because I just mentioned one of the uses for salt um, was as a preservative for food, to keep it fresh, right? To keep it alive. 
um, no, not keep it alive, but to keep it from going bad. But now Jesus just refers to soil, and he also refers to manure. And this is kind of interesting because we don't think about salt in relation to that. Um, but it's important to know that um, salt is actually an important ingredient in fertilizers, like right now, right? And so, uh, and different types of salt. There's, you know, there's a table salt, but then there's also different types of salt. And so, like, plants need, like, some, some pretty important things, nitrogen, phosphorus, you know, potassium, just some different chemicals. And so they bake um, salt into uh, fertilizer, right? And people back in the day were aware that salt was helpful for the growth of plants. And so uh, people would uh, have to put salt, as part, a healthy amount of salt in their plants uh, would help them grow as fertilizer. So it's important to know that salt also helped them practically grow things, right? Yes, life. And so and he, uh, in this verse, he also mentions in 35 that it's, um, it's not good for soil or the manure uh, pile. What does it mean for <laughs> salt? to be good for a manure pile. So back in the day, they didn't have toilets, right? And so they had to use the bathroom upstairs, uh, not upstairs, but they have to use the bathroom outside. Um, and then once they use the bathroom, uh, they, some, they often would put salt on it, right? And what's the, what, what do you think the reason is for putting salt after you just use the bathroom? Yeah, right, so the smell is important, but where does the smell come from? Bacteria. So the same reason that salt is good for preserving food because it kills bacteria is the same reason they put the salts on like their poop, right? And so when God, uh, Jesus is like, it's neither good for soil nor manure, he's talking about both of those, right? It's neither good for growing things that sustain life or for preventing um, the things from going bad in the case of like food and also manure. And so um, we see that salt is super precious when he says this to them. And so um, when Jesus told these people that you were the salt of the earth, their ears perked up because salt is precious, right? And it's, yeah, this is, this, I think this is really like, yeah, this is really important for y'all to know. And I guess this is like a small other thing, but salt was so precious that for some Romans, um, some Roman soldiers, they were actually paid in salt. The word salary comes from the Latin root sal, which means salt. And so at some point, salt was so precious that they were paying people with salt, all right? And so this was what was running through their heads, is this precious thing. And then Jesus comes and he's like, you are the salt of the earth. And so Jesus tells his followers, us, to be the salt of the earth. When he says this, he means that he wants us to be active in producing his good work, right? The same way salt helped plants grow is the same way that uh, Jesus was asking his followers to be. He wanted them to be salt of the earth. And the same way that the salt preserved things and stopped bad from forming and growing and, and death from coming from it was the same way he wanted us to, as his uh, followers, to stop death and, and sin from spreading, from the existence of salt. And so we have a responsibility as, as believers um, to be Christians in the world, like actively. And you're all like, okay, Kujo, like, uh, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm in the world, so I'm a Christian in the world, like I'm doing the thing. Um, but what, <laughs> the key here is that he wants us to be active Christians. Like active Christians are people who, um, like, are you a Christian, and do people know that, right? Because, again, what did I say, like, the purpose of this entire message is? 
Exactly. The purpose of being salt and light is to advertise God. And so it's like, if you are in the world and you are producing good, the purpose of your good is to point to God. So how will it point to God if people don't know, like, he's the one who's the source of your good, right? How will it point to God if, like, you are so hesitant to say that you're a Christian in any space, right? And so, the, like, to be salt of this world means that we have to be, like, active in it to produce the good that the Lord wants to see, right? And then let's go to verse uh, 13, right? So we're back in Matthew 5, verse 13. It says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything but to be trampled on. Um, so how can salt lose its saltiness, right? Like chemically, salt isn't going to stop being salt. But um, what does, yeah, so what does Jesus mean by the salt losing the saltiness here? Uh, who here, like, who here has ever cooked before? Like what happens if you like add a little bit, if you add too much salt to something and you want the taste of salt to go down, what do you usually do? Yeah, you add water, right? You dilute it, right? So the, the, the way you become less salty, per se, is by adding things to it, right? Adding impurities to it. Um, and uh, back in the day, some, some like dealers, because you have to sell salt, right? Salt, salt was a high commodity. So some dealers would actually mix sand and things with their salt, and they would sell it to people. Um, and that would make people really upset because you just paid for salt, but it was mixed with other things. Right. So in the same way that salt loses its saltiness by mixing with things that aren't salt is the same way that we as Christians can lose our salt in this world. Right. So and so we know scripture tells us to be or we've heard the phrase like be in the world, but not of the world. Right. So clearly we need to be able to be in like the world. We need to be in spaces, in workplaces, in schools. We need to be there. Right. But we need to like be different. Like, we need to not be contaminated by the way things are in our schools, in our places that we, like, operate in. And so what Jesus is saying is that, like, when the culture, when, when the things around us begin making their way into community, making their way into church, right, then we lose our saltiness, right? And then what the phrase, like, how can it be made salty again, is kind of, like, referring to this fact that, like, when the church loses its reputation, it is so hard to witness to people. It is so hard for people to, like, hold you to a high reputation. And the reality is like there are things that have happened where um, Christians have stood for things that like we should be standing for. And it's, it's um, well, let me run that back. There are, there are things that Christians have done wrongly, right? That has ruined the reputation of the church, right? They weren't doing things for the Lord. They were doing things for themselves. They were associating with the world, right? And it's done things that have hurt the, the church's reputation. And so when... Uh, scripture tells us that, um, uh, yeah, how can the salt be made salty again? Or like, what good is salt if you lose its saltiness? It's like, what good are you as a Christian to fulfill the purpose that God has for you if you're associating with like everything that's not God? Like if you're in the world and the world doesn't even know you're Christian, the world doesn't, like you're doing, you're just rocking with the world. It's saying like, what good does it, like what good is there? Like what good is there for you to be separate? And so, like, Jesus is really, like, asking this question because it's, it's really important here. Um, and this is really important because I think right now, and I just said, like, when you associate with the world, um, like, you're not being the salt. And everybody's like, okay, great. I'm chilling. I'm not acting up. I'm not wilding out. Great. I'm good. <laughs> but there's another side to this as well, 
you can you can um you can blend in with the world by just like vibing by just like not doing anything different right so you don't necessarily need to be acting out but you're failing to open your mouth and speak good you're failing to be actively be salt you're failing to produce good you're failing to actively speak up against bad like you can fail to be salt by just vibing and doing nothing right and jesus is calling out both sides here where it's like you can be wilding out or you can just literally be sit and doing nothing again it's like it's, uh, please i'd rather you all not be wilding out let's make that very clear right <laughs> but the encouragement here is that the lord wants us to be active um in what we are doing and so how do we do this um let's read the, the rest of the verse um from 14 to the end it reads you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they stand um they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way let your light shine before others that they will see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven right you are the light of the world um yeah so back in the day they used to build a lot of cities on hills right and that was for different reasons one of them is like protection because if you have the higher ground it's your it's harder to attack you um but uh yeah when, when it comes to uh yeah cities on a hill um at nighttime everybody would light their candles because they don't have electricity right um and so if you needed to travel by night to a city you would have to go from one city and look for the light at the different city and like go to it so the only way to travel by um uh night outside like the stars and stuff is to look for the cities on the hill right another way to say this is that those cities or that light that was coming from those cities um were clearly visible so that people could get clear direction right being a light on a hill means that you are clearly visible and that people could get clear direction from looking to you you are the light of the world jesus is calling us to be light he wants us to be visible like clearly visible but if i turn off the lights in this room i think this one is still going to be on uh but it'll be clearly visible uh steven can you flip the lights real quick right that joint right there clearly visible right you can't hide that one right if i took out my flashlight on my phone like can't hide that right it's clearly visible um and the thing about light is that that's what it is <laughs> it is visible it illuminates what is good it sheds light on what is bad it is clearly visible jesus is calling us to be the light of the world but incognito christianity um i'm a i'm a victim of incognito christianity so where like i'll be i'll be low key with it sometimes but the thing is like the lord is asking us to be clearly visible right uh and what's the reason like why hey. Uh, we need to be clearly visible um in this like dark world right and we can't hide the light of our faith the fact that like we trust god for things um we can't hide that and why can't we hide it why can't we hide it what's the purpose for today to yes <laughs> we need to be salt and light so we can advertise god god is not put on display when we are hiding god is not put on display when we do not say that we are christians god is not put on display when we are silent about the reason why we are doing so well right god is not put on display in our workplaces when we are silent about who the cause of all that is good in our life is right to be the light of the world means we have to be 
visible. The world needs direction, right? The world needs direction. And the reality is that, like, as a Christian, you have access to the word of God, which is the direction that everything needs to move in. And so right now, the world is making decisions. They are doing things and taking steps where they do not have the direction, right? Because Christians are failing to enter into places and to speak um, truth, to speak direction in those places. And so another way is that, like, to think about it is that, like, you know, we're supposed to make it known by the way we talk and that we walk that we're like a representative of a different kingdom, right? We are, as Christians, we are literally like representatives of a kingdom in heaven. That kingdom isn't here yet, yet we are representatives of it. So when we go out into this world, um, people are supposed to be like, oh, whoa, like, where's that dude from, right? And you're like, oh, I'm actually a representative of a different kingdom, um, and so this is like actually really important because I think y- y'all are at a pretty pivotal stage where a lot of you are deciding what you want to do with your lives or you are working through school so that you will be able to do something. Um, even for us, like some of uh, our sisters in the back who are like already working, right, um, or people who are in the workplace, like this, this part is really critical, right? Because I just said that the reason we are salt and light is so that we'll be representatives in this world of God, right? And so it means that when you enter into a space you are not just like a person in that space, but a representative of God in that space. And this really transforms how you think about things, right? Because it means that like, you know, like, you know, you can ease, like you're not just a student, right? Uh, Megan, you're not just a student. Um, Stephen, you're not just a student, right? But you are a representative of God for your school so that others around you will see what it looks like when God cares about education, when God cares about learning, right? You're, you are a representative in that way. If you're like an athlete, right? You're not just an athlete, but you're a representative for your team, right? You're a representative for God on your team so that they will see what it looks like when God cares about winning well, right? You are representative. Like if you guys want to be teachers, right? You're not just a teacher, but you're a representative of God, right? In the education system to show the education system what it looks like when God cares about education and students and learning, right? And so as you guys do things or even think about your futures, it's really important that you ask yourself, like, how am I going to be a representative of God in the field that I care about, right? If you want to be a doctor, you're not just going to be a doctor, right? You're going to be a representative of God in hospitals, right? In healthcare, so that the healthcare system will look, will ask themselves, like, what does it look like for God to care about health? What does it look like for God to care about the sick, the weak, the vulnerable, right? You are representative of God to bring change in the spaces that you operate in. And you cannot do that unless you're acting as salt and light. There are examples in history of people who did this. Um, does anybody here want to be a nurse when they grow up? Or like work in healthcare, potentially, right? Nice, right? So a name that will hopefully come up as you care about this is Florence Nightingale. So you might not know her name, but she's actually the like mother of modern medicine. And so this woman actually grew up in a really rich family um, and she decided, I wanted to go and care for people. And the family was like, yo, what's going on, bro? Like, go work in a nice hospital or something. She was like, nah. Like, she was a Christian. And she was like, I, I believe the Lord is calling me to go and to go and care and serve for those who need help in places where they're not receiving help. And so this woman goes and she learns to care for people. And she establishes practices uh, that are now used by all nurses. 
right? So this was a Christian woman who decided that she would be salt and light, right, to people who were in need. When you think of nurse, what comes to mind in terms of like the person, their personality, like what they do? What, do you, what comes to mind? Patient. Patient, hospitality, like like all of these things, caring, right? You have to understand, literally the woman who began modern nursing as we all know it, the thing that comes to mind was a Christian woman who was like, I'm going to be salt and light. And she literally began an entire industry where it's like, now when you think about a nurse, you think about the qualities of Christ, right? Isn't that kind of crazy? It's like, this woman started something that like, when people look at, it makes it easier for them to accept the Lord because they're like, whoa, like that nurse was patient. That nurse was kind. That nurse cared for me. And so they're like, oh, like those are characteristics of the Lord, right? And, and that, it makes it an easy segue. And like if, even nurses who aren't Christian, like carry that with them, right? And so we see that what happens when Christians enter into spaces um, and choose to, to live out the kingdom, right? All, we celebrated Martin Luther King Day just this week, right? The, the civil rights movement was led by a lot of Christians, right? Or like, uh, I think y'all know like Isaac Newton, right? The name Newton, right? Um, back in the day, a lot of um, scientists were actually Christian, right? And they would tell you that their motivation for like trying to learn and explore the world wasn't to debunk God, right? It wasn't to like try to find an explanation for why God doesn't exist. They were actually like, yo, like God, you're great. Like you're wonderful. Like how did you make the stars? How do these things connect? Like how do these formulas like show us that you are good and that you are consistent and that you build, um, you, you build all these patterns into all of these things? They were motivated by their love of God to step into spaces, right? And to make an influence in this world, right? And I'm not asking you all to go and like be these big <laughs> people who do things. Some of you will do that and that's incredible. But the reality is it started with them just being active representative of Christ, like where they were. And so to be salt and light just means you need to make up your mind. What is going on here? Okay. Um, to be, <laughs> to, to be uh, salt and light means you need to enter into spaces desiring to look like God in them, right? And that other people need to know it's coming from God. Because what's the purpose of being salt and light? It's to advertise for God, bro. And yeah, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't think we do the best job advertising God. Um, so I'm going to ask y'all like a question here for y'all to discuss, and then we will wrap it up pretty shortly after that. But um, I want you to really think uh, you're gonna think this, think the, think about the answer to this to yourself. This is for everybody here, y'all in the back, everybody, teachers, and everybody included. Do your classmates at school or your coworkers know you're a Christian? I'm not talking about your best friends. I'm just talking about your classmates in school. You see them every day. Your coworkers, you see them every day. Like, do they know you're Christian? Like, will they be able to say it with no hesitation? Oh yeah, yeah. No, nah, he's a Christian. Like, so think about that for like 30 seconds. Like, I just. Right. <laughs> right. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. And so I would hope the answer to that is yes. Um, but if the answer was like no, right, and there are people who don't know you're Christian, right, I want you to think about what's the reason. What's the reason that sometimes people won't know that you're Christian when you step into a space? Um, like what, what, what's the thing that makes it hard for you to make it clear to others that you're a Christian um, or even other people make it hard if it's easy for you think about why it might make it hard um, but yeah talk to, your, talk to somebody next to you about like why it might be hard to um, make it clear that you're a Christian
All right, all right, all right. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. All right, I'm going to need uh, two reasons, one from this side and one from this side. So I need one reason, no? Um, because people feel like, by being a Christian, you know how like, some, like certain things in the world, we don't like it, they feel like you're going to be judgmental, mm -hmm. or like you wouldn't want to like say that. So people won't say, oh, I'm a Christian because I don't want to lose these friends around me who are actively participating in worldly behaviors. Gotcha, that's a good one, that's a good one. Hey, what's up, Kanish? We said the stereotypes, like, uh, often with other like ethnicities or races or religions and so on and so forth, there are stereotypes that are associated with it. And like, um, Mara and I were talking about how when you say you're a Christian, people often throw like questions at you, like hypotheticals, like if God is da da da, then why did he do da da da? And like, for us, I was saying how in the beginning of my journey, I didn't like to say that I was Christian because I didn't have a response to those questions. And I still don't have a, I mean, God is good. That's my response. That's all that matters. But like, you don't really know how to answer those questions with like, the answer that will satisfy them, so you just don't say anything. No, that's good. That's good. Y'all yeah, snap. Y'all snap if you resonate with that one. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. No, I appreciate the responses there. I think very often, yeah, th those are the reasons that we failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to add some? Yeah. I think also sometimes um, when people are beginning like their journey um, with Christ, um, they they're hesitant to leave the way that they are living so they don't like to say that they are christian Ooh, yeah yeah that's good that's a good one that's a good one that's a good one yeah quick 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 another thing like adding on to what nelly is saying is basically people feel like if they say oh i'm a christian that means that i have to stop what i'm actually doing like they don't want to set that realization that oh i have to leave worldly stuff and actually start living for God so if nobody knows I'm a Christian and only I know then I can kind of set the standards of what I can and can't do that was definitely good yeah I hope you were snapping because y'all have all lived that experience so please um, 100% so you know, I asked myself the, that, that, that same question this week, um, and it was pretty conflicting, right, for me personally, because I realized there was like two opportunities that I had this week that I missed out on the opportunity to be salt and light for very similar reasons uh, to y'all. One was at work, and the other one was like with a non-Christian friend that I was helping out something with, right? I essentially, like, I, uh, I had a friend who, uh, she was starting school again, and so she needed a, a, like a calculator, um, but she came, she came to come, come grab the calculator and she was just sharing about how hard, uh, she was just sharing about how hard, like, things have just been with the class and school and, like, it was all this engineering stuff and she was working in school and at the same time. And I was like, dang, like, my, at the back of my head, I was like, oh, like, I'm gonna do this nice thing for her, like, give her the calculator because I don't need it, right? But then I should also offer to, like, pray over her, right? Um, and it just, I was like, all right, see you, bye, <laughs> right? And it's like in the back of my head, I was just like replaying that. Um, and the thing is like the, the enemy loves it when this happens, right? He loves it when Christians do, um, Christians like miss opportunities to be salt and light. Because think about this, right? Um, uh, verse 16 tells us to be salt and light so that the world um, will see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven, right? And that's why I said the purpose of this message is what? to advertise God, right? It's to be salt and light so that the world will know that God is good, 
right? Because you can do a lot of good in this world, and that's, that's amazing. There are people who do good who aren't Christian, right? People build hospitals, people build orphanages, people build um, just incredible things that are good. Like, we need to celebrate those. Don't be one of those people who don't celebrate good, right? But the reality is that good is not the same as the good deeds that glorify the Father, right? The difference between, like, you know, just good things and good things that glorify the Father is that is, is the question of, like, do, ben, do people benefit and is God being advertised, right? Is God being shown off, right, in it? Because the reality is, like, if you serve, like, if you go to somebody on the street who needs food and you, like, you give them food and then you walk away, right, but then as they're fed here, right, but then you just fail to, like, tell them the reason that you fed them, you fail to offer them uh, Christ, right? So the reality is like their bellies will be full, which is good, bro. Like y'all need to go and do good things, <laughs> right? This is, not a, this is not to say to not do good things, but it's to say that once you do good things, point people to the Father, right? Point people to God. And the reality is um, I've, a couple of times I've like offered to, to pray for some non-Christians like after like helping them out with something. And then there's people rarely say no to that. Like people, like it's, pretty like if they say no it's cool like you already did it you're like yo like can i pray over you and they're like oh no i'm good just move on right but the reality is like most people will be like yeah sure right and so like in your helping of people right if you offer to pray for someone like i'm gonna really encourage y'all like never miss an opportunity to pray for someone whether they're christian or not right because the most they'll say is like no and then move on <laughs> right but if, if, if they say like yeah pray you can pray over me you just you just gave yourself an opportunity to speak life over them. And even in your prayer, you can speak the word over them. And so, like, that's a practical way for you to live for the Lord in these ways, right? And so, I think as as Christians, like, it's important that when we are salt and light to the world, that we're actively putting Christ on display. Like, your friends should just know you're Christian. And again, we mentioned the stereotypes, right? And I think there is some difficulty there because, you know, we all, like, sometimes in our head have, like, that weird... Like, yo, I'm not trying to be that type of Christian, right? A caricature just came into your mind. You're like, yeah, like, not that one, um, right? Um, but the reality is, like, when we do that, the enemy is he's laughing, bruh. He's like, great, <laughs> this person is going to be good, but, like, they're going to try to be good, but nobody's going to know why, right? They're going to try to be good. They're going to do great things in school. Like, they'll get gr- good grades. They'll be, like, the most caring student, and the praise will go to them right? The praise will all go to you. Like, damn, man, you really studied for that exam. You crushed it. You grinded. Like, you made that job. Like, you did all of these things. And you'd be like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> right? That's me. Right? And, and what happens there is that you just missed an opportunity to, to, to direct that praise back at God, to give him the glory. That's what verse 16 means. Like, let your good, like, like be salt and light so that your good deeds um, bring glory to the Father. And so, That happens when you literally say, like, I did this good thing because of the Father. You need to say it, bruh. Like, people need to know that you are that student because of God. Like, the people need to know that, like, you you are that athlete because of God, right? That you operate in that space because of God. Like, we need to be people who, like, practice, like, putting God on display. And so, like, that's the encouragement for today. Like, the reality is, like... Our friends should know we're Christian, right? It doesn't mean that we're always like. Have y'all seen those um those like reels where it's like, like you didn't realize how like churchy you sound, right? It's like you you like if somebody sends a voice memo and then they play back the voice memo and it just sounds like they're like, 
a, a worship, like a, a preacher on it, right? It's like, you were like, hey, like, happy new year. Thank God for the new year. I'm excited for it. And then they play it back and they're like, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this year. I pray a blessing over his life. I pray a blessing over his life, right? It's like, those, that's cool, right? But that's like, it's like sometimes we are, we are really worried about sounding like that other one, right? Sounding super preachy. But the reality is that like the Lord doesn't care, <laughs> right? If, if the Lord is glorified, um, that's what matters. Um, and the reality is like people care that you care. Um, and and the, the thing is like, I think it, it really hits people because like even in my friend's situation where it's like, um, or another one was I had a coworker who was leaving my team. And so I, I, I had a final catch up with him. And before he left, I was like, yo, can I, can I like pray over you before you go? Right? I don't know if the guy was Christian or not, but the reality is like I had nothing to offer him yet what I chose to do, right? And this is meaningful to them, right? It's like, I have nothing to give you as you're going off and you're moving. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask my God, right? The one who I believe has the most power, most everything in this world to cover you, right? I have nothing to give to you, but I will ask my God to cover you. And that means something to people, right? That means something, that, that you took the thing that is most valuable to you and you decided to give it to them as they're going. And so I'm gonna encourage you guys, like don't miss the opportunity to be salt and light. Like people should know. And the reality is like, it, it does come with consequence. It does come with looking like some type of way sometimes. Cause even the Beatitudes right before, it's, uh, Jesus says like, blessed are you when people curse you because of me. And the reality is like, God makes it really clear that as a Christian, if you're gonna live for him, things are gonna get hard. Um, but, like if you actually know the glory of God, if you can testify to the glory of God in your own life, you, you're not gonna deprive it from others. Um, and so I just wanna share with you guys that like you guys are precious um, and that the world needs you. Um, but even more, uh, like they need Jesus um, and you're like his representative on this world. And so, yeah, like you are the person who is supposed to show people like what they need most um, and that's Jesus, um, amen.